Good evening, and welcome to Black Republican, Black Democrat. This is your co-host, Patwin Lawrence. And let's see if we have Jamar on the line. Jamar? Yes, I can. (laughs) I was a little worried I might have hung up on you. (laughs) No, no, you're good. I know this is your first time working the phone, but fabulous so far. Okay, okay. Good. I do see that drop button. Is that what that... No. (laughs) Those Republicans seem to learn so much better than the Democrats. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Except for Democrats, uh, we're honest, that's all. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on this uh, Super Bowl Eve. Uh, downtown is just packed full of people. They're expecting a million people, you know, over this week. And I can, I don't know if there's a million people, but there's people everywhere downtown, everywhere. Traffic's congested, restaurants, everything is just crazy downtown. But that's good. It's good for the city. Absolutely. That revenue should be good for a lot of businesses and hopefully it trickles down to some of the communities, uh, 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 in Minneapolis. Um, as well, you know, before I got out of there yesterday, you're absolutely right, uh, Pat, when they was, the city started bustling. You know, I bumped into a few celebrities in the airport, uh, yesterday. Um, so I mean, a good, you know, I, um, was a part of a little bit of the atmosphere. It's been so cold there. So mm-hmm. those free concerts, the NFL has done a fantastic job of entertaining people that couldn't afford to make some of these high-priced concerts that were around the, t- around the city yeah. with uh, the, um, I'm sorry, what are they calling it, um, NFL Live when they yeah. were doing the yeah. concerts right there in Nicollet Mall, and they had some great entertainment. And so yeah. fantastic uh, job by the NFL. Yeah, I uh, got to go to the concert on uh, Monday. So I got to see Sheila E., Morris Day, and um and the uh, uh revolution um it was i think that was like prince appreciation night and that was actually really good but it was really cold <laughs> it was really cold uh out there for a couple hours but you know that's good that we're able to finally get you know that big city feel which you know people in minneapolis they always try to say we're mini we're the mini apple and all of this well <laughs> i don't know about that but uh right. you get that big city taste now with the big city prices i know some people have been complaining about the prices of some of the events uh, $300 and $700 and, you know. Um. Well, and, and the parking has been obsessive, but I think that most people that know, most sports fans, and especially those that frequent the, uh, these type of uh, entertainment events, they know that when you're talking about the granddaddy of, of uh, the particular sports, whether it be NBA, NHL, NFL, you know, Stanley Cup, NFL, mm-hmm. and, and NBA Finals, you know that the the ticket price already goes out astronomically, mm-hmm. but hopefully, again, as you and I keep inter- reiterating, is that the revenue, yeah. because it, we know that it brings a lot of money into the city, into That's the right. state. That's right. Hopefully, the revenue um, trickles down mm-hmm. into those communities that That's are right. really needing this type mm-hmm. of uh, of infusion. Yep. Revenue, and that's okay. that's a good segue because that's what we really need our elected officials to kind of be on the ball with all this money that's coming into the city um, and well into the state. Uh, you know, that does need to, you know, trickle down to, you know, all the various communities because uh, we need our elected officials to be on the city, you know, making sure that, you know, they're allocating resources, you know, for various needs in the community and they have the money like they're making big bucks. Um, you know, yeah. off of people here. And so, um, especially this legislative session, whether it's at the state capitol or, you know, city hall, you know, we need to be on our elected officials and saying, you know, we know how much money you got. You know, we can check the public record for that. Let's say what, you know, what can we do to, you know, improve, you know, X, Y, Z. And so we need our, you know, community activists as well as our uh, political leaders, you know, on the ball. 
Although I did learn that, uh, I think I learned on Thursday or Wednesday, that the NFL and the state, uh, we won't learn what the NFL, what the state comp the NFL, how much money they comp them, how much they split uh, until after the Super Bowl or not even then. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a secret contract that's uh, uh, negotiated between the league and that particular state, the hosting uh, state, hosting city, excuse me, hosting city. Mm-hmm. And so we may not know how much taxpayer money went into um, bringing in the Super Bowl, how much, you know, how much it took to sweeten the pot for them to get us here. A secret that's contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then we don't know. We can't trace the money. Is what you're saying? No, not until after the Super Bowl. Okay. When, when, and if the state decides to, it's not the league mm. that doing it at all. Mm-hmm. It's the state, mm-hmm. third state, decides if they're going to release what they paid um, the NFL to uh, lure them to, to host the uh, Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We need people to really be on that, and so. Um, so, yeah, so we're waiting on our guest, our guest, uh, Ron uh, Edwards, who's actually a longtime civil rights activist, community activist, uh, waiting for him to call in. He would be, you know, kind of on the ball, one of the people that would be keeping, trying to keep track of these numbers and, um, you know, yeah. where uh, funds have gone to and to hold people accountable. So as we um, wait on him, should we um, open up? Uh, well, we're going to go to break here pretty soon. Um, but while we wait on but him. Get that number out. Yeah. You got five minutes. You give that okay. number Okay, yeah, let's do that. Nine eight nine. Five eight five five six five one nine eight nine five eight five five is the call in number. So we want to absolutely have every single one of you guys that are listening this cold uh, uh, February evening to call and participate with us. Yeah, definitely. So that number again is six five one nine eight nine fifty eight fifty five. That's six five one nine eight nine fifty eight fifty five. So yeah, so there's a lot. There's a lot going on. We had the State of the Union. Uh, which, you know, I, I, I've, you know, I've watched, so growing up with my dad, we watched political events. We would watch, um, I can remember when I was like five, we were like looking at the political conventions, whether it was a Republican or the Democrat convention, you know, he was guiding me, he was saying, well, when they say this, this is what this means. And, you know, and this is kind of background on this person that you see on your screen. And, uh, you know, and we would watch the state of the union, um, address as well. And, you know, we would kind of talk about that. And I, I don't know any other time that I felt very good about the State of the Union address as I did on, on Tuesday. I felt okay. very, very good about uh, uh, Donald Trump, even more so. Like, I, I thought his Davos speech was his best speech thus far. Well, he just trumped himself again on Tuesday with the uh, State of the Union address, which I think was just uh, talking, focusing on unity, bringing people together, laying out his agenda. Okay. Um, I was very disappointed in the Democrats, um, especially the black Democrats. It was so unfortunate. And you can see, though, how the Republicans and how Donald Trump <laughs> is setting up the Democrats. You could just tell by the structure of the of the address, how all those key points of family, faith, military, the flag, patriotism, uh, you know, black uh, unemployment, you know, all of those different uh, items, you know, how he was setting up the Democrats because they would just not stand. There was like um, they barely stood for anything um, during the State of the Union, which is unfortunate because of the optics um, that that gives, because now I can see in, you know, political ads coming up this, you know, this, uh, you know, midterm election, I can see all of the ads that are using the imagery of, you know, the Democrats not standing for faith, family, politics, especially in the black community, not standing up for. But 
even if you disagree with the president, Jamar, and I'm about to let you have your say, even though, you know, it, 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 it's the optics of it. It's how that can be used against them. Who cares, Pat? No one. First of all, that's the black folks and and and, and minor, other minorities aren't going to care about the optics because obviously this guy doesn't care about the optics because he doesn't care about or, or filter any one word that comes out of his mouth. Most of us knew that his he he was standing up on that stage just bloviating, um, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of his soliloquies was just cream puff stuff. I mean, You've he has to realize that this is not he's not producing. Uh, his show on NBC anymore. This is still, this is the United States of America. Most of those black folks sat on their hands, and they should have, because he was lying about that. And we have to remember the unemployment. See, this is Okay, this well, is um, when we get back, we're going to go to break here, Jamar, but okay, I'll let okay. you start yeah. it back when once we get back on break. So this is a black Republican, black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. My bills are all due, and the baby needs shoes, and I'm busted. All right. Welcome back. Uh, this is your co-host, Patwin Lawrence, Black Republican, Black Democrat. And uh, we have a caller on the line. We have uh, Jeremy. So, Jeremy, uh, what would you like to discuss tonight? Jeremy, are you there? Oh, Jeremy, please call back in. <laughs> right when we right when we go to you. That's when people seem to. Uh, seemed to then. He was know, probably listening to the radio rather than over the phone. Oh, that's because we do was. have a delay system here, ah. so you know uh, you got to make sure you're listening through the phone. So, all right, well, Jeremy, call back in. We want to hear what you have to talk about. Um, and so it looks like Jamar. It looks like Jamar might have just stepped out for a, for a moment. Uh, he's actually Did he get attacked by an Eagles fan or what? <laughs> I mean, no, I know he's... he's a Cowboys fan, so it could be possible. I, well, no, he's in Indianapolis. You know, he's over there, I think, with his cousin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they're having a Super Bowl party. So that's what's going on there. He's out on vacation. But I'm in the hot seat here tonight. Um, so uh, so I was just going to let him get back started with his comments about the State of the Union. Oh, and it looks like Jeremy. Jeremy, call back in. Jeremy, are you there? Oh, I'm here now. Thank All you. All right. You're on the air. My call. Uh, yeah, I just want to say I really appreciate uh, you guys bringing up the, uh, the Super Bowl. I guess, for lack of a better word, I'll put up. Uh, Profits, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important for citizens of the state to know exactly what's going to happen uh, with the uh, you know the windfall mm-hmm. that we're getting from this because people forget what a huge deal it was to actually build this stadium, mm-hmm. and and this event was the premier event that we were building a stadium for. I mean, obviously, right. you know, for long term use, but this was it. Mm-hmm. This was the prize. Yeah, and, and Jeremy, you also know, Jeremy. Time. Jeremy, you also know that I believe the um, NFL, whenever a new stadium is built, they usually give that next Super Bowl um, to that city. You know, it's kind of, a, you know, that's a way of, you know, kind of helping them out in terms of after having built the stadiums. Um, yep. That's something that, you know, I've, I've discovered myself. So I think I think that's good for the city. But you're right. We need to know what's going on with the funds, um, mm-hmm. you know. How are they being allocated? And, you know, there's been a lot of discussion even about like the Super Bowl host committee. I know people within the black community have been upset that there aren't any African-Americans that are on that or even any Africans, for that matter, um, on the committee. So how can you have a kind of showcase the Twin Cities without that diversity that that we have? Right. Pat, Pat, when I don't understand that, especially with the, um, you know, the entire, well, 70 percent of the labor force in the NFL is African-American. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I don't understand that you need to have some sort of representation. 
conversation. But that's right. I'm really glad you brought that up because those are the things, those are the little details that get lost in the, I guess, the exuberance of mm-hmm. you know, everybody's here and the big game and this and that. Yeah. When the dust settles, we, we need to know that the money is going to the right places. Yes. You know, thank you very much. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for calling. So, yeah, so, yeah, Jeremy is absolutely right. We definitely need to know because if we don't, if we're, we're kept in the dark, then that's money and resources that could be going to critical needs um, within any of the communities, you know, within uh, within Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, really the whole state. We That's why we really need to keep tabs on, you know, the, this money that's coming in. And then also, you know, the way that the stadium was built in terms of, you know, with, you know, our tax dollars and then, you know, the whole fuss about the, um, the host committee and then even the labor force that was utilized to build the stadium and looking at equity where they wanted, you know, 30%, you know, minorities working on the uh, building the stadium. Um, you know, we really never got clarity. They said they claim that they've reached those numbers. But, um, you know, during that time, a couple of years ago, I tried to even check on the numbers and the, the way that they kept numbers, it's hard to know what is the actual breakdown um, of, you know, minorities working on, you know, building the stadium. And so those are whole critical areas that we need people in the community, our community leadership to really focus on um and then also contracting you know uh you know as you look around at buildings condos apartments being built and look it's usually the same contracting firms but they get the they get the contracts because they have the experience but if you are a minority contractor builder you really only are able to subcontract and then how do you get those major contracts if you don't get the experience um so you know that's kind of a catch-22 there so it's kind of looking at ways how do we um give opportunities to you know female contractors uh, different minority contractors uh, and then also know what's being done with the money as well we really need to uh, uh, just stay on the top of these things I see we have Dan Dan is on the line Dan what would you like to discuss today hi thank you hi hey, I do enjoy your show and thank you. you are the conservative part of the I of am the all right all right way to go <laughs> you know it would be fun to hear just an honest and an intelligent discussion on reparations, mm-hmm. you know, and how mechanically that would work today being, how many years has it been since the end of slavery? Is it 1860? That it, 1865. 1865. Mm-hmm. Forgive me for not yeah. knowing that. <laughs> um, because I, I yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear that. I'd like mm-hmm. to hear just an intelligent and a debate answering all the questions predominantly that really maybe not a lot of black Americans actually are descendants of any slaves. Is that true? No, we all large percentage. No, we all are descendants of of enslaved Africans, except for people who, you know, are from the Caribbean and from, you know, from Africa, recent immigrants. Um, Even Uh, those that are from the Caribbean, of course, they were a part of, you know, the enslaved Africans that were in the Caribbean. But they would need to go to Britain or France or, you know, uh, Spain to discuss reparations. But in the talks of the United States, most African-Americans have, uh, you know, one or more ancestors who were enslaved now uh, what isn't really known is uh or widely known is that a lot of us do have uh had free black ancestry i know from uh, my dad's side is from charleston and um and part of his ancestry were free blacks and even on that side you know some free blacks even owned slaves um too and had large plantations or rice plantations there just like in louisiana so that's a whole nother part to it don't you think that because of the complexity of that and the Mm -hmm. fact that there has been a lot of you know, um, there's people that are 
have some, some only part of their heritage mm-hmm. of black slavery, and and the Seminole Saint people have done very well and been very yeah. successful. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, I personally believe, as much as I want to help everyone, it's the will of God mm-hmm. that we do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that could that will never happen, and it's too complicated. In fact, it's really not even right mm-hmm. to give. Well, some people, and and you and you do make uh, a a valid concern that some people have, you know, espoused. I, you know, uh, some families, black families, did did well after uh, after slavery. um, Where I can look, even you know, my family tree, and where a lot of my ancestors who uh, were enslaved, they were part of the artisan class, so they were like blacksmiths and carpenters and. and you know whatnot, Farmer. and yeah, and then they far a lot of them farmed as well, and and they were able to you know acquire land. Some had a hundred, two hundred acres of land, um, yeah. you know, and some prospered and did um, did very well. But still, there's that disparity, and that's what really needs to be discussed because the government did promise the you know for newly freedmen that you know that forty acres you know in a mule. That's what was promised. So I think in terms of that, maybe that would be whatever that equivalent is today that 40 acres and a mule but i don't know how that would be distributed in terms of would you just look at the head of each household getting that now or how that would work because it wasn't done at the time that it should have been done and so now you know uh, you know almost two centuries later or as a little over a century and a half but you know many many years later now that there's more generations and more people you know, how do you do this? And then because we have no economic infrastructure in the black community, you probably shouldn't give out checks because all that money, let's say you get your check on Friday by, you know, the accounting on Monday morning and, you know, in the banks, you know, most of that money will be out of the black community just because we don't have any yeah. economic infrastructure to Mike. capture that money. So actually whites should be excited. They should be like, yes, yes, we want reparations because then all that money would be, you know, would go right back to the I white think, community. So I think maybe a better approach would be whether regardless of what your color is, mm-hmm. White, yellow, black, or brown. Um, to get somebody off of welfare, there has to be some sort of an incentive program, mm-hmm. and in exchange, never to file welfare again. Mm-hmm. We will, you know, what would that look like? It would, I mean, something that could really be bipartisan, mm-hmm. because really, it's this dependent culture, mm-hmm. largely found not only in our, mostly in our cities, but also in smaller communities. Yeah, as you rural all know, communities. People yeah. of all races and mm-hmm. creeds. Mm-hmm. And there's so much fraud in it. And I know a guy personally that worked in welfare fraud for Hennepin County. And the fraud is horrible. And the taxpayer is getting hurt. And the the, the same habits that made those people poor are being promulgated throughout the generations after them. No, you're absolutely... What kind of of agreement, what kind of a deal would it be, you know, to say... You cannot collect welfare ever again. You get it for three years, mm-hmm. but you get an education, mm-hmm. you get X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. but you cannot ever take it again. And I think and one of the things is it's having, it's having children outside of marriage is the problem. 
Yeah, well, I, I think well, what you said, first of all, in terms of, you know, welfare, not all African-Americans are on welfare. And I know that's not what you're saying, but typically right. that conversation does come up when we talk about reparations. And, you know, actually, there's a lot of African-Americans that aren't. And actually, more whites are on welfare than than African-Americans. Yeah, but by proportion, though, more there are more African-Americans just because of our size and population. You uh, know, we were, I was in a meeting. I'll just tell you quickly. I'm sorry. We, we're in a, we had a marriage meeting at church last night, and, and there's a young lady, a daughter of one of the couples who, um, mm-hmm. well, I shouldn't say it. I wouldn't want them to hear this, but yeah. what I'm saying is that there's people that should not be collecting welfare. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. There they, are people they that... They are in a position, yep. they have family with money, mm-hmm. big house, fancy cars, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out a way to game the system mm-hmm. and get government, taxpayer money. Let's just say it. It's taxpayer money. Yep. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right, Dan. But and we're about to go to break here. But uh, uh, so, Dan, I want to thank you for your call. But yeah. Uh, but yes, we're actually going to do a show on reparations because both Jamar and I, we both are for uh, reparations in the way that I um, look at it. Since he's not here to you know at the moment to speak for himself, uh, but. The, the what I the way that I feel about it is that it's owed compensation for services rendered by you know my, by our ancestors and it's something that should have been paid to them back like immediately during Reconstruction um, but you know it wasn't done and so now we also had um, segregation and Jim Crow redlining uh, you know just the way that there was like government instituted um, discrimination that really hindered the black community and actually a reason for a lot of the crises and disparities that we have in the community can be tied back to that now yes you can say well people can do things as individual and that's absolutely true you can have people as individuals you know succeed and become very successful and do great things but when you look at things as a community as a whole the reason why things are behind it's because of uh, we didn't we didn't have any of those opportunities that other communities had to do wealth building so uh, that that's why but we're going to definitely do a show um, on uh, reparations at some point and uh, we definitely want to have that you know for and against argument and to kind of educate everyone on that so uh, we're going to go to break here and then when we come back it looks like Jamar is trying to get back in here Um, so we're going to bring him back and then we're going to go on with the show Uh, so we're going to go to break this is Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com Black Welcome back this is the Black Republican, Black Democrat show, and I'm your co-host, Patwin Lawrence. And I'm the co-host, Jamar Nelson. That, All right, uh, he's back. He doesn't know how to charge his phone. <laughs> you know, like I said, yeah, I was I was actually worried about that when I was in Atlanta, making sure, because I hadn't checked in yet, the room wasn't ready, and so I was like, oh, I hope I don't run out of battery. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and it was crazy, because I was sitting in the car, of course, you know, where it's quiet, yeah, and thinking yeah. the phone is charging, and it was at 1%. But it was on the charger, so I'm thinking, okay, it'll keep charging. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Next mm-hmm. thing I know, do, 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 do. Yeah, That's and it takes good. forever for it to, like, give you a little bit of charge to then cut back on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When it's in the car, so I was really tripping. So I apologize. Yeah, no problem. But we had a call from Dan, and Dan wanted to. He asked a question about us doing a show on reparations, um, and so I just wanted to give you a moment to comment on that. No, I, I actually heard what you were saying, okay. and you're absolutely right. I think that uh, that's going to be a great show that we look forward to having. Um, I, I think that you make some poignant points, especially those about uh, the majority of there being a majority of whites on welfare than there are black. I, again, I, I want to reiterate what you were saying, that that's not the point he was trying to make. Um, 
But I think that what happens is when we start talking about that, a lot of white constituents, um, they start thinking that black folks want you to give them something. They want Mm -hmm. something for free. Mm -hmm. And that's the mantra. So then they Mm -hmm. shut down conversation or or even trying to hear anything Mm -hmm. because, again, they think that you're asking for something for free. And it's not for free. Mm -hmm. It's labored work Mm -hmm. that was done already that you didn't receive compensation for. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that Mm -hmm. it... it, uh, But there are a a lot of people that agree with reparations. Mm -hmm. It depends on how you give. I mean, mean, you and I are not advocating for uh, every black person to get a $1,000 check every month. Um, There is a way to do reparations with education or... Mm -hmm. There's numerous ways of doing mm-hmm. it. But absolutely, you're right. But I think that what happens is that I'm glad that Dan, I hope that I said his name There's right. Dan, yep. Um, when you have people like him that want to talk about it, and obviously mm-hmm. Dan was white, mm-hmm. when you have people like him that want to talk about it, you know, that moves, that moves the pendulum because uh, people like him are willing to talk about it. And then, it, it, then you have others like you and I mm-hmm. that are already talking about it. So hopefully we can meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, because I think the concern that some people have is, oh, does that mean I'm going to be taxed specially, especially, you know, or will my resources be confiscated? And I do know that there's people on the far, far left, the people that we really should be worried about. People on the far left, those are kind of some of the ideas that they're looking at. You know, a lot of them are, you know, communist socialist, and they blame everything on capitalism. They say, well, it's because of capitalism. Capitalism, you know, was built on slavery and, um, you know, and that's partially true in terms of um, the United States. And that and that's what's meant when, when you hear African-Americans say, well, our ancestors built this country. What what what's being said there is because of how important the institution of slavery was in terms of building wealth. If you remember back from school with triangular trade and, you know, the slave trade and then, you know, the rum and then the unprocessed goods going to Europe and, you know, and then the Caribbean and and all of that. And then you learn also in terms of, you know, some of the early industrialists in the United States and also in England too, in the uh, the British empire, um, how slavery also contributed um, to their growth and expansion. So that's what's meant by, you know, when you hear people saying our ancestors built this country that's not taking away anything from the founding fathers and to the other people who um, labored and built this country as well but if anything it shows how people of all races contributed to the building of this great country and how we all should be prideful in this nation and that that you know the experience in uh, you know it wasn't always positive for everyone, and that includes for whites. Most whites that came here had negative experience, especially if you were from Eastern Europe and Southern Europe, um, and the Irish, too. But it does not compare, obviously, to the experience of African Americans. But everyone at some point had a lot of discrimination and anger and, and um, uh, mistreatment um, in this country. Uh, but in terms of what happens to African American, it does not, you know, it doesn't compare. And so that's why there's this push for reparations because of the disparities that we have in our community can be traced back to that in large part. Absolutely, Pat. You um, keep, you know, hitting the nail on the head. Um, and you're absolutely right. I think that, um, again, we just hopefully um, there are people like Dan, more people like Dan, mm-hmm. that really want to have a real genuine conversation yep. about reparations. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then that also ties into, that reminds me, that also ties into universal, um, um, oh, it just escaped me, um, where it's where you're giving uh where you're just looking kind of like giving everyone you know kind of a base payment um oh uh, now you got me oh yes uh, ubi <laughs> you know? uh universe yes. uh yeah. 
basic income. Yes, universal basic income. Already, yes. Yeah, um, universal basic income. Uh, yeah, and so, yeah. and, and so, people are. You even have libertarians um, like the controversial Charles Murray. He's actually uh, in support of that. Um, and, oh, really? Yeah, he is. He is. Um, and huh. you know, it's kind of looking at uh, because you have to think about you know as we look at un, uh, unemployment and then also employment and looking at AI technology taking over. Um, and so a lot of people are going to be rendered useless. Uh, I mean, even in professions like even law and investment banking and all, some of those functions can be done by um, computers now. Yeah. And so a lot of people, even in professional class, um, you know, let alone people that are in manufacturing, um, you know, can be done away with. So then what happens to the people that were in those professions? You know, we're talking about millions or billions of people. So what happens to those people that are now rendered useless because of, um, you know, AI technology? So, you know, some people are looking at, well, what does it mean to have universal uh, basic income and then doing away with welfare? So instead of having a welfare state, then just have a basic a universal income as a, as a way of, of, of uh, finding a solution to, you know, Entitlements in the U.S., so that opens up a whole other. I know that's a huge discussion there, and could go you know many different angles. But I think that's you know reparations actually fits into that you know discussion as well. I just want to say quickly that um, let's remember that there already is some type of um, President Clinton um, when he signed the welfare him and the Republicans when they did the welfare the work reform uh, that's, uh, that 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 puts. Anyone, any person's on welfare for a limit of five years, or I think anywhere from three to five years, and then once that time, at once you, um, ex that time has expired, you can no longer get back on welfare. So I know that uh, that's how it works now. Uh, there are obviously people that always will gain the system, as he said, but mm -hmm. right now there is something in um, place right now. So when I heard, because I heard a couple of weeks ago Donald Trump talking about doing the same thing about welfare reform, mm -hmm. I don't know how much you could do without seriously hurting people mm -hmm. because there are most people don't use that uh, um, uh, all willy-nilly. Most people use it as a supplemental income because mm -hmm. they're not working, they've uh, lost a job, or mm -hmm. you know, uh, they've, they've uh, decreased their hours at work. So there's already something in place. So I think that we just need to be careful and look per state or what's going on in your state when it comes to the welfare reform mm -hmm. and, and, and go from there. Well, no, you're, you're, you're right uh, to a certain extent, but then also you have to think about also the, you know, uh, undocumented workers as well. I'll, I'll, I'll be mm -hmm. nice. I feel like, you know, Super Bowl weekend and, you know, everything's just right. Yeah, so nice. I, I'll be nice, be nice today. Nice. So be the nice. undocumented workers, you know, a lot of them, they, you know, abuse the system as well. You know, um, and, you know, they, you know, come with, you know, multiple social security numbers and, you know, things like that. Then apartment buildings also allow them to stay, you know, many numbers into a room, whereas, you know, regular citizens try that, then you're going to get evicted. You can't do that. So there are a lot of loopholes there that do need to be closed. And that's why, you know, in terms of this immigration with DACA, you know, it's so important that we resolve that uh, because, you know, there is a lot of stress in terms of states of like California, that border states like uh, like uh, Texas and other places where um, illegals are coming over just to have their babies and even the Chinese. So a lot of people want to say that, you know, it's the fault of, you know, people coming.
coming from Mexico, and that's a large portion. But now, an even more sizable portion are people coming from China. A lot of people that actually have wealth, they're actually coming here in their eighth, ninth month, and then having a baby, and then that baby is now an American citizen. So, uh, you know, that needs to be, because we, I mean, we only have, you know, so many amount of resources. Even though we might be the wealthiest nation in the world and have all these resources, they're still finite. And we just, that's why we need to have, uh, you know, a sensible, smart immigration program. We should stop people from coming here illegally. Um, and that's why, because it's a strain on our healthcare system, um, as well, as well as entitlements. So a lot well, of the reasons for the, uh, the, the, the crises that we're having in those areas are because of illegal immigration, too. We've got, in the minute we've got, I just want to quickly say, so, and I'll finish my synopsis on the other side of the break. Uh, when we left, we were talking about when I, got, when I hung up. Oh, yes, the Trump State of the Union, yes. And, 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 and the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think a lot of black people, um, I looked at uh, the numbers that came from Fox and from MSNBC. Mm-hmm. The numbers from black folks ha- still hasn't gone up. Uh, I just think that black folks, if, if Republicans that are going to be running in the midterms use that as a, uh, as a commercial, it isn't going to work because a lot of black folks already feel that this is the president that doesn't care about them. And so I think that it will backfire because people already have a, a built-in, baked-in idea about how this impression about how this guy uh, what is doing for them and has done for them. Well, I have to disagree with that because once they see more money in their checks and then also seeing these plants being built and uh, more jobs and resources coming in, I think they're going to take a look and say, hey, you guys didn't stand. You guys haven't been doing anything. But look, this white guy, he's doing the stuff for us. So um, I think we're going to that's what that's what we're going to see. But we're going to go to break. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. You're still like something from outer space. Welcome back. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host, Patwin Lawrence. And I'm Jamar Nelson. So, Jamar, I'll let you have the floor here so you can finish up your uh, comments. No, thank you. Again, what a lot of, and I didn't, uh, watch the whole thing. Um, I, I couldn't, um, because I, a lot of the things that he says, when he takes so much credit for this economy, um, and the things that have, that are going well, um, look, um, uh, I just, it's just so funny to hear Republicans pound their chest and, and such glee over what they think is being done. Um, when, you don't hear Republicans talk about real unemployment anymore. Throughout the whole eight years of President Obama's tenure, all they talked about was the real unemployment. I have not heard one Republican talk about the real unemployment rate. So, so the, the Congressional Black Caucus didn't stand because they knew that he was grandstanding and lying about him being the root cause of why black unemployment has gone down. Which in reality, if we're talking about, like Republicans like to mention, the real unemployment rate for blacks is still above 10%. In fact, it's about 16.7% still. Um, well, Jamar, but, with it being that high, well, you know, actually, this is where we do agree. I, I do agree that those aren't real numbers. Um, and, right. and like, you know, I've explained before, um, I, I don't trust government accounting on it because the numbers under Bush uh, were faulty. 
the way that they were doing the uh, accounting of, you know, the unemployment rate, trying to make it look better than it actually was. And then even under Obama as well, um, those numbers are faulty. So it's the way that the government, they do the accounting, you know, as we explained, they don't take in consideration in terms of African-Americans, you know, the incarceration rate, people going out of the workforce because of that, people doing, um, you know, contracting jobs, you know, Uber and Lyft and um that's not being taken into consideration. And then people who just have given up and aren't looking for work because they feel like, you know, I'm not being, I'm not hireable. Um, and so, and that was a big problem under Bush in terms of the accounting. So that's why either neither side really wants to tell the truth on it because they don't want to give out, you know, how, you know, how bad things had gotten at one point. And I do believe things have improved. Um, I do believe that. I believe that in terms of the African American community, but as well as the larger, just a larger, um, employment community, I do believe that things have um, gotten better, especially than things were back in 2007, 2008, 2009. But I, I don't believe the numbers are as low as they say, not only for blacks, but for whites and for Hispanics and for, you know, other groups. You're right. And, and, and I think you're right. But listen, I'm not going to sit here and paint a, a, a all glim, gloom and doom picture about the, the shape of an economy of the United States government, mm-hmm. because we have been doing well. That. That's been shown through the stock market when uh, President Obama, the last few years of President Obama, entered right now with uh, Trump. Um, so, the But it's gone up even more that. under Trump because of the exuberance. That, see, that's one thing well, Trump was because- doing. When you look at his speech, really what Trump is doing, when you look at all of his speeches, really what he's doing, he's being a cheerleader for the United States, a cheerleader for nationalism, cheerleader for America first. That It's really about a pep rally to get morale up because a lot of people feel that we have been, you know, beaten down with all these various issues that have divided us, you know, during the Obama years and even during the Bush years. Um, and so Trump has really been a cheerleader. And I think that's the only thing I, I actually do fault for at this point because a lot of the so i personally believe that this economy could crash at any time um and it's not because of trump's fault but it's going to be blamed on him if it does happen because it's because of what the federal reserve has been doing in terms of the quantitative easing and you know all that money just uh you know uh, we had helicopter ben bernanke you know throwing money out of helicopters, quote unquote, um, you know, it's because of things that have been going on. That's not that's not Trump's fault. It's actually Obama's fault. It's actually Bush's fault. It's actually Clinton's fault. Uh, but it's going to be blamed on him. The bubble is going to pop, so to speak, on Trump's watch. But Trump has taken ownership. But I think he knows that. And I think that's why he has been working with uh, business leaders nationally and internationally. He wants to renegotiate our trade deals. So I think he's trying to do all that he can to get keep things propped up and going in the right direction to ease uh, the collapse if it happens. Because there's a lot of people on the conservative side, libertarians, you know, like Peter Schiff, um, who's like, no, where things aren't doing very well, things are, you know, and, um, you know, he's the Mr. Pro-Gold and, you know, anti-cryptocurrency. But, you know, a lot of people on the right have been saying, you know, no, he's taking ownership for something that he really shouldn't be taking ownership because it could pop on his watch. So I think that's something that he needs to look out for. But I think he's aware of it and his economic team is aware of it and i think that's why you see the action that they're taking uh well let me say this uh uh you can't you can't try to boost my morale at the same time of insulting me and then slashing my health care and not providing a job uh look a lot of those people in in, in manufacturing mm-hmm. and those people out of pennsylvania are seriously hurting because they've lost those jobs that's right carrier to be prime example so 
it's hard to build my morale when I'm back to not having a job. Republicans just complain about the part-time workers, the, the amount, the huge amount of uh, part-time workers under President Obama. And I used to always say, I remember telling uh, Jack and Ben on this show in this very airways, I remember telling them, a lot of people continue to vote for Democrats and, and President Obama because they remember the person that gave them a job. They don't care, especially a man. Let me speak for a man. Mm-hmm. A man doesn't particularly care if it's part-time because he gets, he gets back to contributing to help his family. That's true. That's true. And that man tends to remember the guy, the, the guy or gal, mm-hmm. the person that gave him a job. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's, if it's Trump, uh, then that guy will remember that Trump gave him a job and will go right. out and cast his ballot for Trump in 2020. That's Same right. thing with President Obama. So Republicans have got to remember, you can take you can take ownership and take credit for what you claim to be happening good, but now are you going to be man enough to take up when this economy when the economy hits the rough spell? Are you going to blame Democrats because you guys own it? It's up to Republicans. That's, you're right. And, 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 and you're meanwhile, right. the, the other thing is you can't boost my morale when you have all these controversies going on with the memo gate and things of that nature. When thank you for so, transitioning. We're, <laughs> we're so coming. tired. And, 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 and this confusion, it's hard to boost the morale of the country when half of the Why? country thinks that you are impeding an investigation. Okay. So that's your take on it, the memo? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So I think, have you read the memo? I did not read the memo. I'm out of town. No, I didn't read it. <laughs> okay. You should read the memo. I think before we actually really, really discuss it, I think people actually need to read, read the memo. Okay. People need okay. to read the memo. Um, okay. Because, you know, I've heard some of the, seen some of the news, even on Fox. Uh, and just because you're on Fox, that doesn't necessarily mean you're on the conservative side, because there's some commentators on that's kind of, yeah. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> so, but people really need to read it, um, really understand okay. what is in there, because it really gives a timeline of what has going on see kind of the mistrust that people on the on the right have for government um I, i'm not going to blame or say you know honorate one democrats say that they have their menu um, but here memo that was released the republicans let members of congress see it for about a week if, uh, the day that they were going to vote to release this then he's like oh no we have this other we have this democratic one well where was that in the previous weeks but you know but they should have their say they should have their say. They should release their memo. We should be able to see that and see what both sides have um, have to say, because then that way we'll be able to make a decision. But I just want to inform the listeners to just read it. Don't go off what Fox says or what CNN says or what any or read it for yourself. Read it for yourself, because you have some commentators who's been saying, oh, we, the public doesn't need to read it. They won't understand it. It's going to cause confusion. When you hear people say things like that, it's like religion where they're like, oh, you know, we can read and interpret the scriptures for you no 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 no. you know how to read you need to read them for yourself so that's my my point pat of view went, what pat when is doing is called a hip a cliffhanger <laughs> that means tune in next week yes. after you read the memo read so the memo i'll talk about it. but that's but you're absolutely right i'm glad you said that so uh let it give me a chance to read it on my way back and then uh next Saturday we'll have a chance to talk about it um i just want to say quickly because i know we're about to end here we got a minute yeah, we got left. two minutes that uh, we got an exciting month uh, coming forward to, uh, today is no no uh, uh, exception of the exciting shows we got coming from Black History Month going forward. I want to thank everybody for listening and thank you for holding down the fourth pat and thank you uh, Stan for holding down the port and, and, and thanks to everybody for listening to us this week. Yeah, yeah, actually it's been great. It's been great kind of uh, leading the show here. Uh, but yeah, like you said, who we you have got? an exciting. Who, who you got tomorrow? Who you got tomorrow, Pat? You got to think about who you got. Oh, for tomorrow? Um, yeah. Oh, well, it's going to be the Patriots. I, 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 Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm a Cowboys fan, so you know I'm not rooting for no stinking Eagles. Although they're in my division, I'm not rooting for no stinking Eagles. I can't stand them. Go, Tom. <laughs> so there we go. We agree on that. Yeah, I think they're going to win anyway. So I and think, I think most anyway. people, most of the Vikings fans are going to be rooting for the Patriots, I think. Anyway. Oh, they well, especially are. they better for after sure. considering the Eagles, they better. So That's right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, again. Thank, thank you. Pat, thank you. Yes. Uh, Stan and everybody else, man. I appreciate you. Yes. And next week is Black Politics. That's what we're going to be More. talking about. Yes, sir. So, oh. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you for listening. Well, we actually have a few more seconds here. <laughs> yeah, I we got to wrap you know, up. Exactly. I know I'm you can barely hear. To make sure we go off on time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, we have to end on time because you know how we like to talk. But it's nice watching Fo- the screen on here is on Fox, and I'm just seeing images of Minneapolis. So, so yeah. So yeah. the show yeah, is is, is done now. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week, 6 p.m. on uh, doing Black Politics, and this is.